Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm yours, morning. My coach as usual, Aiden. Hi, guys. Last to discuss yeah. Arsenal take on Newcastle at St James's Park. A very tough place to go, you know. And we did speak about it last week that, you know, we would take a point and, you know, be quite frustrated of being knocked out of the Carabao Cup. You know, I felt that, you know, anything but points would be, you know, no point in being in the Carabao Cup. I mean, getting knocked out, you know, if you want to save players and you don't get the desired result. But, you know, always a tough place to go of late in James's Park. Yeah, I mean, like, look, where do we start with this one? Because, you know, as much or as many controversies as there were, it was, you know, leading into this whole game. I mean, I just felt, I mean, like, I didn't get there. Like, of course, when you, you saw the lineup also, like, going into the game, not too impressed. But then, of course, like, when the game then starts, I, like, I mean, I don't know what has happened in the past, say, month, month and a half, or whatever, but it's like, all that sort of slick, fluid play is all like gone. I mean, I know we've we had, we touched on it a bit um, the other day, but I mean, it, it's actually really an, an, like an eyesore to watch because, you know, like you, you're trying to, you know, get yourself fully behind the squad and whatever. And I mean, look, we do in every game, but I mean, it's so tough to see, like, you know, when you can see that, that, that team momentum that you want to be building and going forward, but every time we are like going to the halfway line, if all the channels are blocked, we stop and it's backwards, like, you know, backwards 20 yards or whatever, and then back, either back to the keeper as an outlet or, you know, the the, the, the defence plays a ball amongst itself. And I mean, it's so infuriating to watch because you just know, I mean, it's almost like giving the opponent that, that much time to, not even that much time, like a little time to then, not little time, but, uh, you know, where they're just tracking behind the ball and that is it. And all of a sudden we got no clue what we're going to do. And there was a time in this game where, you know, Arsenal started stamping their authority in the game and Newcastle um, looked a bit, a bit lost and, and, you know, just giving us the impetus all the time. And you just told yourself, Arsenal just shouldn't do anything stupid and just play the game because Newcastle, you could see what Newcastle were doing. They wanted to turn this into a scrap. Yeah, but I mean, like, look, my, my point is also like, uh, you know, I think where you touched on it a bit was, you know, when we do get those guilty chances in the, like say five or ten minutes, we are not cashing in on it. So it's like you know that when it's one of those days where Nketi is missing or like you know when because I I also find like when we're having corners uh, taken, when you got Gabriel coming up, then I'm expecting okay he's gonna now you know he's like a sort of power header at the goal or whatever. Then they like him and Nketi they heading all over the place but the actual goal. Yeah, they always like flicking it over or like getting an eye over and then like shouting at themselves because they nailed to the guilt edge chance and something we discussed about Nketiah you know like if you put him up against a half decent you know centre back or centre back pairing at least he tends to struggle as he did uh, against Newcastle yeah because but I mean like my thing is also like you know with this game I just find like like Everything, look, I don't know if, if this is now the new arcade ploy or whatever, but look, I know they want to, to, to have, have total dominance in a game, but also try to make it exciting because look, when you, when you, when you, you can clearly see they are trying to take a page out of the way Man City play with a, you know, where, where City will almost like take the position off you and almost like when they feel like giving it up to you, they'll give it up to you. 
But it's like they, they was like they, they pass you literally into submission, and it's like we don't even get to that because we end up like because uh, what what was almost like kind of pissing me off was like you always see there's something we spoke about years ago also like when we were doing the podcast also you have all this this, this little video clips of them in training doing rondos and all that stuff, and you never like that sort of play you never really see taken into a match like it's all good and well if you're having uh, you know like your your, your local camera team there uh, at your training uh, sessions and you're hitting bangers or out of the box and you're doing this and you're doing that and then when when, when you must put practice into the actual play on the pitch yeah. in a match on a match day you don't see anything of it because we we're barely able to string the pass together and I mean I know like later on in the match the weather like the, the conditions did get a bit uh, you know hectic there for them but I mean it's like while the, the conditions were great there at Newcastle which sometimes like it really is but we were not like really string past together because like everything everything was like broken up, not through like Newcastle pressuring us, but by us being too casual and you know losing possession easily. And it, it's it's it's, it's like I mean it's actually galling me. That's the word it answers. It's galling me the to see the, the sort of brand of football is going on. And I mean you can't just say oh yeah because this one is out, that one is out. We've got the sort of players, a uh, group of players that Arteta has uh, put together. You know, whether, like, you know, through thick and thin and whether key players are there or not. I mean, we are a team. But, I mean, we at, at, at times, it's like, you're watching Total Strangers and it's like we're going back to that sort of watching Arsenal by old again. Yeah, it's like we've regressed from last... I don't know how to repeat this, but yeah, yeah. it's like there's a bit of a regression of last season of, of where we've... We, like, you know, the way we, you know, peaked last season and upward trajectory, it's like, you know, we've kind of taken a dip now. It's like... You, you've had players go out and I understand like the likes of Xhaka and Party were pivotal um, to, to the squad, but it's like we've we've gone and lost both of them in a space of, you know, quick succession. I mean, Xhaka went to, went to Leverkusen and they're doing well there and you have Party now who, who can't seem to play a game. I mean, he's, he's, he's out now, you know, till, I'm not, not sure till when. Apparently, they said until the new year. But... Um, <laughs> Um, that's a big loss in the old, but I mean, but Arsenal should have planned better for that. I mean, Harvard is starting to, you know, starting to get into it. But I mean, you know, you were supposed to get another top class midfielder that could slot in when parties out or when older guards out. You know that you have players there, but it's like, like you said, it's like total strangers when, in fact, you're supposed to have a squad. If you look at Man City, you know, Grealish played in the Manchester derby. Arty goes against uh, what did Bournemouth they played now the uh, Jeremy Doku comes in you know who scores a goal and uh, and, and a and a hat-trick of assists. I mean then you have like you know Foden coming in to play the attacking mid role when Ireland got injured. It's just players know their roles and they do it well. At Arsenal it just seems I don't know people are looking lost. Although Jorginho, you know, played a bit of a better game. Like you said when when Declan Rice is with him, he almost played a more short game. And I mean, like, what what was also worrying for me was like there were moments when we went into the second half also where, uh, you know, like we would go on the attack, and almost like you know either the shot is too too, too fluffed or too tame, and then I mean immediately uh, Newcastle like flipped the switch and they like you know roaring forward with like four in attack going for like you know hitting us on the break and us like really struggling because I mean it was one opportunity where. Ben White had to even get a, a block in because he had to bust the gut, uh, you know, tracking back. Because 
there was like nobody because on I mean, our defensive, uh, like like uh, Saliba and even though look Saliba in general is playing a good game, but him and Gabriel were pushing so high up the field, and I mean nobody was even helping us. And I mean you're not going to get Jorginho, uh, you know, having to track I don't know like 40, 50 yards back. And I mean Declan Rice was trying his utmost best to yeah. as well, but as I said, everything seems disjointed, and I don't know what way Arteta has tinkered. But I mean, it's not really impressive. And, and I mean, I was really thinking, okay, we now weathered this sort of storm. We were going to like, you know, come stronger through. But I mean, we seemed to just deteriorate as the game was wearing on. And for me, it was getting to a point where, as the time was going on, like midway in the second half, where I was thinking, it's, it's, it's like, I think the weather was also worsening. And I was thinking, it's just like a matter of when uh, Newcastle are going to make the breakthrough. And like you said, there's a, a bit of an over-tinkering of Arteta this season. Like, he tried to be too clever, too cute, you know, dropping Ramsdale for absolutely no reason, which, you know, a lot of people say, because of how far Arteta's taken us, it's kind of you, you support the decision the manager makes. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that's sort of kind of the one that you are like, you know, I'm, I'm not seeing it. I mean, we've lost points because of the keeper. And, um, you know... Like you said, we started getting control of the game. I know we, you, I'll hop into the second half now with you, but it's almost like they wanted Kai Havertz challenge happened. It almost reminded me when the sitting of Anfield when Xhaka or when Arteta pushed Klopp or when Xhaka pushed Trent. This kind of challenge kind of sparked the Nelson James Park cauldron and um, also the, the players as well. It, it, it turned into a right scrap. And like you said, Arsenal just started getting weaker foot in the like, second half as it won. Yeah, then I mean, like that 64th minute where uh, Newcastle on the attack, I mean, the ball was like spills towards the touchline. I mean, the ball does look like it goes out, but that is also like, I mean, I'm going to get to the, the, the pro encounter thing of, of this whole controversy thing also, but... The ball looks like it's going out of play. I mean, the ref allows play to go on. The ball gets crossed in. Uh, Joe, Joe Linton ends up looking like he's off, shoving Gabriel in the back. But, I mean, he almost like overpowers Gabriel. The ball breaks through Anthony Gordon nearly on the goal line. And he, like, just stabs the ball home and Newcastle go one up. And now my point is with this whole controversy, because, look, there was also a big, like, for me, what it seems like a whole big screw-up by VAR. Uh, you know, watching how that whole thing unfolded, but I'm gonna like just mix my points like pro and co account on this whole uh, controversy because for me, when that ball's going out of play, why did the whole squad just stop playing? Yeah, that that that, that, that is ill discipline or, or, or like kind of like an entitled way of playing, you know, you play to the whistle, you run out there, you close the guy from crossing the ball, you know, you 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 play to the whistle. If the ball goes, it was like that, that, that. that players are resting their laurels now that yes. you know that that, that oh yeah we can't see the goal VAR yeah, will have a look at it no go close them like think about it in your amateur days as well you you were taught never to play you play to the whistle you you close the ball down there you prevent it from happening but he had ages of time to cross the ball yeah. and you know Raya once again makes the right mess of the cross as well yeah because I mean look when that ball rolls already like that Number one, you're going to close it down. But not only that, Ben White just stands and watches. And I mean, uh, uh, not just Ben White, I mean, a lot of them. And I mean, for, just think of how much space that guy had from about roughly the corner flag, running close to the box, and then whipping in his cross to the far post. And I mean, as, as you know, mentioned, no matter which way you look at it, whether you're pro or uh, whatever with Raya or pro uh, against Ramsdale or whatever, 
That is one of the craziest positions I saw for a goal, the way he stands. Because he's not only, like, look, like for me personally, I would have stood almost like in between the post and the halfway of, of yes. the line. Like, you know, that so you're going to at least cut out anything. He's actually standing ahead of the near post. And I mean, that's yes. asking for trouble because, one, especially with him being, what, five foot nine or ten, when you get looped with a ball like that, and I mean, I think it's like a, a, it's becoming a stock standard play of, of <laughs> position now against Raya, where they're yeah. not looping the ball. They're not like really crossing, they're looping it over. Because by the time he starts backpedaling and trying, he's not really making up any ground, like, like uh, going over and like, uh, uh, going over like that. But then when the ball comes to Joe Linton, I mean, if you think of what, like, you take that same scenario in the, like, outside of the box, in play, if you're jumping with two hands, whether that player is falling forward or not, if you're going with two hands in the opponent's back and the ref clearly sees it, and I mean, here we're having, they are checking it as well from, like, three or four different angles, and they, they say they can't figure out what's what, then I don't know, like, football is gone, to be honest, because... I want to see now how things play out in the coming weeks now if we watch other teams play because now all of a sudden it's more like the, the VAR and uh, the Premier League officials have given like a green light to shoving your opponent with two ends of the box. And if you recall early on in, in um, was it this season where we, um, when we, oh no, no, it, so it was last season. Remember that goal that Tetrosart scored against Leicester where they yes. said right, dead ends or whatever. And it was like, you know, he was interfering with the play, but he was not like you know shoving him like a rugby style push. But that that wasn't choked off. So it's like they they, they what I don't understand is they start to cherry pick decisions, and that is like some like really rile me up. Yeah, no, I think why is it in the Premier League that the VAR is so bad? I mean, there's not as much controversy, or maybe I'm not aware of it in the Bundesliga, Serie A, or or um, La Liga. Like, I, there isn't, like, as, as high-profile decisions being messed up. Like, in the Premier League, it's like they don't want it. Like, the referee should have gone to, to watch on the screen and, and had a look and be like, okay, this is happening, this is happening. I mean, the ball's out of play, first of all. Now, they say it's, you know, inconclusive. Okay, fine. You know, you, you, you keep that. They always say, but, I mean, there was literally, like, a light between the line and the, the ball being over the line and, and the dead ball line. Then you have the push. Then the ball hits Joe Linton's arm also, which then which allows the ball to go to um, Anthony Gordon, which is kind of in a offside position, you know. Also, but I mean, of the four of the four decisions, two of them could have allowed that goal to be not to be given, and I mean, the goal gets given. I mean, it's it's, it's absurd. Because I mean, if if you think of of um, how look, Jamie Carragher was having like a go about, you know, Arsenal fans whining about it. And, that. and yet, when it happens to Liverpool, whatever, then he's having a full, you know, segments on, on that Monday night football about complaining about why Liverpool were shortchanged by VAR or whatever. But now when it's, you know, the, the, the agenda is now not going in their direction. Now he's like quick to go, like, you know, he stands like with VAR and with the officials. For me, it's like total incompetency by, by the officials. And as you said, they are very lazy in England. I noticed, like, with officiating in that sense, because in in the Bundesliga, I've not really just watched. Like, look, I watch Bundesliga every week, and and, and even La Liga, like alternate weekends or whatever. But for me, it's like when I watch Bundesliga, these refs in the in Germany are not going to just take the word of what that guy says on the screen. They want to go see themselves. They're not going to just say, "Oh yeah, 
he thinks this or he thinks that. Because it's really a rare way in the Bundesliga they're going to allow just the say of that guy in the studio. And I mean, what what annoys me also is like when when look, I've now watched it. I'm in the U as well. You watch now the the um, Rugby World Cup and you're also watching the Cricket World Cup. I know it's like chalk and cheese at times in certain de- decision, decisions, but when you see the sort of technology that that VR has, they've got like what four to six monitors there. They've got like four whatever people in that little room itself, and then you watch like like I say a TMO ref. You sitting like maybe the TMO ref with maybe one extra person, and then straight link to the the TV uh, director to that that you know when they need a certain footage. But I mean, they, 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 sometimes it's so touch and go. But I mean, they get the decisions right, and I mean, yeah. everything is showed like audio-wise, you can hear everything, uh, visualize, visualize everything as well because everything is put on the big screen as well. So now it's like they keep it a secret, keep it a secret. So look at that that, that where, where Liverpool got shortchanged, where they were keeping that, almost like they were keeping this stuff so top secret until the embarrassment got so big where they actually had to release the audio of it. Of, of how they got it wrong. And that is also very much embarrassing. But on the flip side, like you say, you know, you know, as, as Arsenal played, I think, I wouldn't say it's a lack of character. Maybe it's it, 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 it easy, but I mean, but if that happened to, let's say, the Thierry and Rio, Robert Perry's now to our back, it's different generations, different times of football. But yeah, if you felt that the wrongdoing happened, eh, it's like you almost rise to the occasion in the game and say, you know what, let's start to get something out of this game. Like pull yourselves together and say, you know, we call, let's not accept this. Yeah. It happened. Now let's galvanize each other together and let's go and kind of, you know, take it to Newcastle now and push for something. But it just didn't happen. It was like, you know, you're also still like a boxer, you know, trying to throw a punch, trying to throw a punch, you know, bob and weave, bob and weave still. If you have like coming out swinging almost and like putting Newcastle under the cosh, we never made it difficult for them. Yeah. And I mean, like, by the time the subs came on, like, you know, the three that they brought on, okay, Zinchenko, I think he was trying. I mean, like, look, yeah. I'm his biggest critic, but I mean, he was at least trying to get us going forward, not the constant back, back stuff. But I mean, the new, you, like, I mean, my heart kind of saying, you know, when I was watching, I, I was not trying to chase, you know, in air quotes, chase the game, but. We had like Vieira that looked totally out muscle and out weight in that midfield because I mean he was just getting bumped off. Like I mean you could see this is where, as I said, he's like a type of player when you're really chasing a game, you're gonna be struggling because he's gonna be like physically bullied and not ever he's not gonna do anything. And then you had Trossard who was trying to drive us forward, but his set pieces were shocking because all his corners were barely hitting the near post, and I, I could not believe what I was seeing. And and what what was pissing me off was. Why did we then persist? Then you, you know, you try somebody else, even if you let Jorginho take a corner, or, but you try something else because clearly it's not working with, with whatever uh, uh, Trossard was trying. So it wasn't like getting embarrassing because almost like you, you're trying to anticipate, oh, we're going to finally get the ball that kind of spills to us. And all, all the time you just saw it was going straight to Newcastle players getting cleared away. Even though we were trying to scrap and get the ball, but it was just shocking set pieces. And then I don't know, one of the, the, the pundits, I don't know if it was Redknapp, what he was complaining about, why Nicholas Jover was, was complaining or shouting at Trossard or whatever. But, I mean, if, it, if it's done that bad, then ring the changes. Yeah. Because, I mean, clearly you could see, I don't know if, if he just didn't have that sort of energy, even though he was a sub or whatever. But, I mean, 
he just didn't have it because I mean sometimes it's your day when you're whooping in crosses, and some days we I don't know your legs just don't want to really give it extra bit to to loop it into the box because as I said nothing was really going to any of our players even though we were adding bodies in the box. Yeah, no, it just wasn't out there. It just seemed yeah. like we weren't gonna get that, that point, and a, but it's a bit disappointing result in, in in the end. Um, you know the fact that you rang the change to try to protect players and not get injured, but Odegaard gets injured. Um, you know prior to the game, the Friday or something like that. I mean, so you, know, you protect players to try to you get knocked out of the Carabao Cup, but now you you know you've dropped points. But thankfully, you know, on a weekend, you know, besides City leapfrogging us. You kind of had, you know, Spurs losing at home and Liverpool dropping points to Luton, which, you know, still, still I think they overtake us or they catch up to us and go ahead on a goal difference or whatever it is. But, I mean, you know, we've we've played Newcastle at St. James's Park. Um, you know, didn't come away there with the points, but um, you kind of take the good with the bad and, you know, Spurs still have to go there. Spurs still have a tough result. Some tough games to come. Um, City, I think, also, you know, have to do the play for Let's James's Park. And like you mentioned, you know, I don't want to get that game out of the way early on in the season when, you know, there's there's still a lot to play for, but you don't want to go to James's Park when it's all on the line for the latter part of the season. Look, one thing I also want to say, look, I mean, um, um, people might also agree with me and whatever, but, I mean, I, I just don't understand, like, Look, uh, look at those things have been frustrating. But it's like one thing that I'm not going to say also is, you know, everything is like over and done and dusted. Because I don't know if it's like the media that are, are kind of, uh, you know, planting this into the minds of many football fans or whatever. But I mean, uh, the sort of things I've seen of, of, of like some of the fan base or whatever where you almost like seeing the title uh, thing is over by, what, 11 games. And I'm thinking to myself, look, we got still a long stretch to go. The main thing is not staying in touching distance, that's all. But, I mean, when I see, look, you can give constructive criticism and stuff like that. That's fine. But don't say almost like, you know, the trophy, the, everything is done and dusted by now. Because in all my years of watching football, I've never seen, you know, I've seen uh, deficits getting chased down. I've seen... You know, different type of setups in title races. But I mean, I've never seen fans talk about, oh, because I mean, look, social media wasn't also that big of a thing like some years ago. But now it's almost like uh, just through social media, not even like the, 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 the written papers, where people are going, oh, this is over and that's over. And oh my God, look at this, uh, how far they are. Everything is, I mean, for me, when you look at it, people would, uh, like, as I was thinking, like when I was listening to some fans last week, that there were 31 games gone already in the season, not 11. So I just think myself, look, you can, you know, do your constructive criticism. Like, you know, we all entitled to our opinions, but don't come with nonsense like that where, you know, oh, they are this far, you know, like people, like, look how people were going on about Tottenham, say, two weeks ago. And look yeah, and now that they, they could be in big trouble. But I mean, you know, all it takes is to put a run together and... Um... I know we will get to the Burnley game, but I mean, you you look at our next fixtures in the Premier League at Burnley today or earlier, later on this evening. You have Brentford away, you know, it should be three points, but it's not an easy place. Then you have Wolves at the Emirates, Luton Town at um, away, Villa away. I mean, those are all potential winning fixtures. Brighton at home, okay, yeah, 
tough game. Then you have Liverpool at Anfield, but you have enough time to to kind of build 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 on 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 on, on you know, your points tally there. And I mean, um, you look at the teams we've played so far. We played Chelsea at the Bridge, you know, David Raya there, and VAR decision. You know, you could have had another two more points. Um, you know. Uh, we've played Spurs, we've played um, City, we've played United. Uh, we tried to play Liverpool, but we've played already and Newcastle away from home. There's been some tough fixtures that we have. We're three points behind City. I mean, we've also seen City's one or three injury away of, you know, I mean, they lost three games in a row when Rodri was out. And fans, you know, Arsenal fans, you know, up on Arsenal. You know, for Bundes off at Arsenal, we're struggling with that. And we've also, by no stretch of imagination, have had our full strength of, or full complement of players all the time. I mean, so, you know, we've, we've been doing all right. I mean, we're obviously expecting a better performance from time to time. But, you know, like you said, not all doom and gloom, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it could look, be Man United. Yeah, and I mean, look, the City's run, the little tough run is going to come up now because... Like what what Chelsea on Sunday, but okay, that's now Stamford Bridge. Any, I mean, look, City are normally, you know, quite strong <clears throat> with a home or away. Then they got Liverpool at the Etihad. Then they got that Leipzig in the Champions League, and then they got um, they're like it was like a big showdown, like when they meet Man uh, Tottenham Hotspur on the third of December. So they got a stretch that, and I mean. Look, I think after that, then you can probably also like judge or guide how the thing is going to be. But as you said, I think the key thing is they will probably have to see that they almost like half overplay Rodri at the moment. And I think that is sometimes also the risk you play, especially like, you know, when you're in a sort of title race. Because I think we, we all know what we're now at, at the moment seeing with Ireland. You, like at the moment, it's like when the chips are down, he kind of disappears. When the chips are up, he will fire. But it's like, as you pointed out again, that linchpin in the middle of the park is where they win or lose the games. It's, it's like the same with, <coughs> excuse me, with Gundogan the last season. Like when he's on fire, that team is almost like, you know, it's just going to start steamrolling you. And I mean, they already had like Gundogan and Rodri in the same team and you could you could see what sort of damage they made. But yeah. now Rodri is almost like the guy that's solely, you know, carrying that team, like, like as you mentioned, because... I just think defensively, almost like then they kind of get exposed when when he's not really firing, and and up front he's almost like the one giving that that you know the the front three that sort of opportunity. And even like that, you watch that Doku also Jeremy Doku. He's almost like when things are going up, he's gonna do the damage. But if they're chasing a game, and you can see you can actually you know hold City at bay then. But I mean, as I said, they have a awesome put together team, but. I think what also is something that, that a page that we I wish we had now copied a bit more of them is that just a drive forward because I, I, every time when I, when I watch us that that stop start stop start play then I'm thinking get the team going forward because I mean that's what I what I actually liked of of El Nini now under Arteta like, even though he had like a cameo role in that 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 Sevilla game the other day. Like, are we going to get now to that also? But, I mean, he was almost like just getting his head up, driving forward, getting... Because we were almost like getting in that match, even though, like, I mean, we can go now straight into the Sevilla game now. Because, again, it was now a game that we wanted to, you know, consolidate our position in the in the group, you know. Uh, you know, get us closer to that, that uh, qualification for the knockout rounds. But, I mean, <clears throat> again, a lot of injuries hit the squad going into the game. 
I mean, it's, it's really frustrating now seeing that, that uh, you know, Odegaard misses another game. What was your take yeah. of the squad going into that severe game? Uh, look, I was, I was I was a bit disappointed to see Odegaard not there, but I mean, you know, I'm glad to see Trossard got that false nine position or the yeah. number nine, whatever you're calling it, depending on who was playing it. Um, I, I think it allows his forward line a bit more versatility than Eddie is playing up top. Um, but other than that, you know, couldn't complain much about it. Obviously, I would have loved to have seen Ramsdale actually get an opportunity. I mean, the guy got us into the Champions League, but it just seems that he won't get the opportunity to play in it. Look, with regards to the match now, I mean, Arsenal already, like, in the match, you know, start showing total dominance in the, in the match. Uh, second minute already, uh, <clears throat> Martinelli gets himself down the touchline. And I mean, you look, he was giving that Juan Lu a nightmare of a time early on already. Gets his other box, cuts the ball back. And I don't know how, but... Uh, uh, what was it? Havertz uh, ends up scuffing his shot, which should have been like, you know, goal bound. And you, know, so you actually wonder how much chances is this guy still going to need to actually, you know, release those shackles that everybody's always talking about? Yeah, no, I'm always hoping for the best for him because you can see, like, I mean, there are little times he, he's a player there, but I mean, you know what, it's going to take, like you said, you know, I thought that penalty, you know, would have helped him somewhat, but it's like, he probably needs a goal in open play to kind of, you know, almost like that release, but I mean, if you look at Mason Mount also, you know, it seems like Havertz is starting to actually play better than that Mason Mount at United. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I think what infuriated me was, I mean, that's a free header and he's still scuffing it and there was no pressure, really. So, I mean, he even had time to, you know, plant <laughs> But I mean, he ends up glancing at past the first. Just let me shake my head though. Then, uh, 24th minute, <clears throat> Martinelli teases Joanlo again. This time, you know, passes his marker with ease. But <clears throat> by the time he dinks the ball over, I mean, this is something that, that, that I, I, well, like, I, I know, look, you, uh, look, I love Martinelli, in it, but sometimes I think where people are always like too scared to criticize <clears throat> players that they like. And for me, it's like he does all the hard yards getting into the box, but he does not know how to give a, a control 45, you know, cut back or across a, a the back post. But again, control where you're giving your, your guys. That's <clears throat> exactly. And he's not doing that because, I mean, he was skinning that guy over and over and over, whether it's first half, second half. But every time when it was coming to the cutback part of the thing, oh, wow, he's, he's, he's laying it up for somebody. That party was not getting right. No, yeah, 100%. It's like he doesn't have that final product just yet in terms of, uh, you know, he's finishing, yes, but for winger, you also need to be able to, you know, tee up your your your, your potential um, um, attackers for the assists. But it's like he either kicks it too hard, too soft, or into the play, or just cuts back and so predictable. And you know what? What also drives on this crazy is like, You've got Gabriel eating, like you say, a root one ball. But he, like, I mean, if you play football long enough, you know if you want to give your your uh, your, your attacking players a chance of the ball, you have to almost like undercut the ball to get that backspin effect on the ball when it hits the pitch. And it's like he's just eating like a straightforward long ball downfield. And then you've got, like, say, uh, uh, Tommy Yasu or you've got Martinelli bursting down on the flank. But that ball, I mean, like the minute it, it, it hits the turf, it's going out for a goal kick. Especially when it's so wet. 
and sleek. Yeah, because I mean, like when I, like if you watch any of the like, uh, you don't even need, need to be like you're talking of you know top top or elite centre backs. But I mean, they know already how much how much power they're putting on the ball and what sort of effect they want on the ball. Like you know, when you think that the, the, the little arc passes, it goes look like it wants to cross the the sidelines and then come back into play. We don't do stuff like that. It's all like everything is like very traditional stock standard stuff. That's yeah, no, I agree with you. So yeah, I mean, we like with with regards to Sevilla, Sevilla was Sevilla was not you know doing that much of it, uh, giving us that much of a yeah, test. They were quite poor actually, to be yeah. honest. They just were allowing us to dictate the game. And I mean, by the time we do make the breakthrough, it was the uh, 29th minute. I mean, fantastic ball by Jorginho. Oh. You know, ends up reading. I mean, that's the sort of pass that we've been looking now for for weeks, where yeah. he plays it behind the defense as they on the transition phase of their play. So by the time he plays it in behind him, there's no time to really readjust. Saka gets the ball, was like 45 to Trossard, and I mean he sweeps the ball. I mean Arsenal go one up. Yeah, I know. I thought the floodgates were going to open at that point, and we were probably going to, you know. <laughs> Bag three, four, five, six, seven. But I mean, you know, it just seems like we do want to put our foot on uh, on on um, severe, but we still allowed us to play with our food a bit, as they say. Yeah, because I mean, we ended up the chances we did get, we ended up fluffing either bad or it looked like near back passes going straight to the goalkeepers to easily gather because Rice was guilty of a chance like that. Trossard was so Saka as well, Martinelli too. Then the sixty fourth minute. Uh, so we are, you know, just been, uh, about to send, you know, the reinforcements on to s- somehow get some sort of life or CPR on the gameplay because it was really, you know, dying in front of us. Also, then double the advantage, um, you know, Martinelli at the center of the move again, taking Zinchenko's throwing, uh, you know, gliding through the infield, then slipping in a, a perfect ball into Saka's path. And I mean, uh, Saka gets the ball. Sets the keeper down on his backside and then just curves the ball into the net and also go 2 0 up. Yeah, no. I think at those games he didn't match. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, there was like nothing really that much coming. Because I think there was, wasn't it late into injury time when well, they actually finally had their first shot on target? Something like that, yes. A pot shot. Yeah, so Arsenal go, uh, you know, remain top in the group. Uh, with with uh, PSV winning their game against uh, Lons. PSV now in second position. Arsenal now, I think, just need one more point and if they have Lons next at the Emirates, which should, like, you know, see us into the knockout stages, you know, where we can actually now probably give, you know, almost like some of the backup players in chance to play in the, the final game when we play away at PSV. Yeah, I think a win at Lons, I think that's a I think that's top spot. I mean, at the Emirates, already we beat Lons at the Emirates. It's kind of what, 12, 12 points, and I don't think anybody can reach 12 points from the on in. Yeah. So, our match uh, build up for today's game uh, Arsenal versus Burnley. Uh, fourth meets 19th at the Emirates. Uh, I think the biggest miss for, for Burnley is, you know, that South African uh, Foster. Yeah. He's been almost like being a sort of linchpin in his squad, three goals, two assists. But it seems like Vincent Company and, and his troops have been really... I mean, as much as they, they breeze through the championship last season, they look like they're, you know, really stuck in every weather right now. 
Yeah, I know. I actually expected them a bit more from them. I mean, coming up to the to the Premier League, but I mean, I do think that uh, they've come into the the Premier League playing stuck in the old ways, which kind of you know in the Premier League you can't play like you do in the Championship because it's not the same. You know, and I think they they're struggling because of that. They're too open. They've been conceding too much goals, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. let's hope Arsenal can can pick it up at the Emirates against them. Because I mean, they like they on a run now. We um, in in all competitions, the last win was over uh, Luton Town on the third of October. So they've been uh, on a run of a four-one loss against Chelsea, uh, loss against Burnley, Bournemouth beat them two-one a few weeks back. Then first uh, of November, they got knocked out of the League Cup three-no. But okay, we were as well. And then for last weekend, they ended up at home and lost 2-0 to Crystal Palace. So, I mean, they really have to, I don't know, some are steady the show, but I mean, I think Arsenal in the front of the home crowd should really turn and, you know, crank up the pressure because I, I just think we, we end up being too tame when we're playing teams like this. We, you know, I want to see like a performance against like they did against Sheffield United. Now you can like, you know, boost and boom your goal difference because... As you mentioned, they've got a shocking uh, defense at the moment. I think they conceded something like 27 goals. So they go to spot on. Yeah, gold is a minus 19. So, I mean, Arsenal need to really put them to the sword and, you know, do it early because you don't want to like, hang around in a game like this. Because I just think, you know, in previous seasons, when Burnley would come there, you know, under, with, under Sean Dyche, and they would really just come there to, you know, spoil everything. And I mean, they had one game where Aubameyang still scored the what's it, only shot on target that they eventually had with his own goal. That saw them win. They beat us. Yeah, 1-0. It was embarrassing. I think it's the... I think we, we owe Burnley. And we owe them big time. And They've always made it a close, tough game whenever we've played up against them. So, at the end, you know, I don't recall uh, beating them quite comfortably or convincingly. So, I think maybe this is it. You know, maybe... This, the game we can, like you said, boost our goal difference and, and get all three points and get back on track again. I think this international break, you know, hasn't given yeah. us the best, um, you know, time, you know, but after the playing Chelsea, um, you know, losing to Newcastle. So that's been a good stretch. So hopefully we can end up strong and go into the international, international break with, you know, maybe sitting somewhere close to Man City and who knows what they do against Chelsea tomorrow. Yeah, because I mean, my take is also now. I mean, I just hope now players can use this time also to recoup. Because I just find it also ridiculous that that even um, Gabriel Jesus was nominated to find relevance really for the Brazilian national team. Because I mean, surely if, if somebody has a tweak or twinge uh, hamstring, you can't take the risk of even like sending the guy over the and then they must excuse him. Rather just let, let them, you know, send some sort of official to assist him in England. Because I mean, clearly he's not ready to play. Uh, if he's not ready to play for us, he's not, certainly not ready to, to play for them. And uh, another, another thing, I mean, Smith Rowe, I mean, we also had nothing really in depth about his injury that he's carrying. And as you told me, <coughs> I've been in talk about, about uh, Thomas Party being out till the end of the year. And yet he, he wants, uh, I don't know if it was him or the national team of Ghana, I think, were really nominated for the FCON. Just 
much in Germany and all the other and then you know he's gonna play for the F1 and he comes back to you but you and then you're on yourself I'm with you because you have a party with me as well Generally I hope you're also kind of happy sort of dictate the play because when when I'm not because look when when you're chasing a game El Nini is not going to be the guy that's going to get you out of the shit but I mean when you have to protect something then at least he knows what sort of job he has to do and, and since as I said under Arteta I noticed he actually does play with his head more up and going forward and that is what we actually need because I think the constant stalling and that at the back just brings more pressure onto us and I, I don't think we need that I think it's to be a good game to throw him onto today you know Yep. Get him get some minutes and he found some confidence. And, you know, you don't have to afford Declan Rice in every game, you know. But, I mean, Declan Rice will probably be playing for England as well. So, we might yep. as well make use of him. Yeah. So, with that, we're in the podcast. We'll be back probably late next week because we're going to do a, a wrap-up of the Burnley game. And then we can also take a little break during the yeah. uh, international break. So, guys, take care. Enjoy the game this afternoon. Come on, you Gunners. Enjoy, guys.